You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today, Bishop Herbert Bailey continues with Passion for God. As we continue talking about passion, passion for God. And uh, I don't know if y'all have observed, but probably over the last year during this pandemic, uh, I have been on a quest to try to help us keep our fire burning. Amen. Um, I'm seeing that, you know, some of y'all are too young to remember, but um, Jimmy Carter, President Carter, who was president just before Ronald Reagan, president for one term from 1976 to 1980, he got in trouble by saying that the United States was in a malaise. A malaise. And a malaise is when you just kind of, you kind of just don't really have any passion. Uh, the economy is not roaring. People not booming. We just kind of existing. And uh, people didn't think that was very good for a leader to be saying our country was in a malaise. They were like, you a leader, do something about it. <laughs> you know? And then Ronald Reagan came along, tell, told us that what a great country we were and how we're going to change the world, et cetera, et cetera. And the company, and and company, the country came back roaring economically. Well, unfortunately, it seems like many folks in the church have, are in a malaise. Um, we've allowed the issues of politics and injustice and division and strife and this pandemic to just cause us to not continue to run after God the way we need to. Come on. And if there's ever a time we needed the Lord, the, the old, can't, Lord, I'm getting ready to be 60 next week. I, I can't say the old people no more. Lord Jesus. I, I'll say it for you. You said that before. <laughs> it's like I set you up to say that. I'll say it for you. The people in the old church. Or they used to say a long time ago, if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need him now. now. Come on, we don't God. need God less now. We need God more now. Yeah, when, when the world doesn't have answers, when things are out of control, when, or, or seem, seem like they're out of control, when it looks like we don't know which way is up, we need God. And so uh, the Lord had me to start this teaching three weeks ago called about passion for God, because I feel like many of us, we kind of we lost our desire, our zeal, our passion for God and the things of God. We, we even see that even just with church attendance and, you know, and everybody's not because of concern about the pandemic. Some people, bottom line, it's just that it's not what they do anymore. They got they got used to doing other stuff on Wednesdays or Sundays or whenever. And when you lose your passion and desire for something, we said it's, it's just not fun anymore. It's not enjoyable. Uh, you're just going through the motions. I was talking to someone last week and she said to me, she said, she said, I work a lot of hours, but I don't feel like I'm working because I enjoy my job. So she has a passion for jobs. And, you know, it has been said that if you that if you're in the will, I'm paraphrasing, if you're in the will of God or if you're doing what you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. In other words, they're talking about when you have passion for it. Well, that's how we should be towards God. I don't care how long you've been saved, whether you've been saved 20 years or 20 minutes, you need to have a zeal and passion for God Amen. and the things of God. 
And so we looked as a, as, at a backdrop at the church of Ephesus and the church of, church of Laodicea, two churches who were mentioned in the first several chapters of the book of Revelation, which is God giving uh, John this revelation. He appearing to him while he's exiled on the Isle of Patmos and has him to write these, these letters to these churches. And so in Revelation 2, 1 through 5, we read about the church of Ephesus and the issue with the church of Ephesus, Revelation 2 and 1 says, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in the right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Drop down to verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. What would God say to you if you were having a personal conversation? He said, I got an issue with you. That, that's what that means. I got an issue with you. Yeah, I know you, you may come to church and you're doing all right. You may be a tithe or whatever. But I got what? What would that issue be? And if you already know the answer, that's the area, that's the area you need to work on. That's the, probably an area you need to repent of. And so God says, nevertheless, I have someone against thee. In this case, because thou hast left thy first love. And I used to, many times, this is, this is misquoted as you have lost your first love. Lost. And loss is like when you can't find something or, or loss or when it, it kind of accidentally happens. But it doesn't say loss. It said you have left your first love. When you leave something or some place, you do that voluntarily. Oh, that's, good. that's an act of your will. He said you have left your first love and your first love in this case is supposed to be Jesus. Verse 5, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do thy first works do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlesticks out of his place except thou repent. So he's saying you've left me in the place you were with me and the passion you had for me. He said I'm telling you you need to repent. You need to turn around. You need to you need to see where you are now compared to where you were before. You need to measure this. You need to take personal inventory of your own spiritual life, your own spiritual development and your own passion for the things of God. And then in, in Revelation 3, he speaks to the church of Laodicea, picking up Revelation 3, verse 14, unto the angel, which means the pastor of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you, thou art neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. He said, my goodness. I mean, it, 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 you need to, he said, but lukewarm, you just, you're not doing anything. I mean, to get cold, you got to leave it outside and put it in the refrigerator. To, to be hot, you put it in the microwave, leave it on the stove. You're not doing anything with anything. You're just sitting there. <laughs> it's lukewarm, you know, and certain things are just, you almost certain things are not good lukewarm. Okay. How'd you like a nice, a nice lukewarm Coke? How'd you like a nice cold piece of salmon or a nice cold well some, I mean I, I gotta say cold cup of coffee but, but Starbucks make a whole bunch of money off cold, cold, cold cups of coffee by the way when I go to Starbucks y'all I say I don't drink cold coffee it's hard for me to even get that concept or I'll go place and I say give me, give me a cup of give me a cup of coffee they'll say how to cold and I want to say well that's stupid In my mind, I want to say, what do you mean how to cold? 
coffee. I came here for hot coffee. But there's certain things that just don't work unless it's the right temperature. And God said, your relationship with me, he says, I, I want it to be hot. But if it wasn't hot, then let it be cold. But this, this lukewarm, in-between, malaise, I don't care, que sarah, sarah, relationship you have with me, God says it's not good enough. And then he says, I know the issue. And for churches like us and people like us and people who preach and teach faith and prosperity, things like us. This is what we got to be careful of. Verse 17, he says, I know the problem with you, uh, church of Laodicea, is because thou saith I'm rich. You say, I've made it now. My needs are met. I'm out of debt. I got plenty more to put in store. Glory to God. I don't have financial issues anymore. Okay. I'm not struggling anymore. Okay, I have manifestation of more money than month. And he said, because thou say I'm rich and increase with goods. I mean, they didn't start there. Okay, but who helped you increase? God, because he said, I'll, I'll, I'll increase you more and more, you and your children. If we have increased, it's because of the blessing of the Lord on our life. Well, somebody said, well, I put, my, I put myself up by my own bootstrap. Well, without God, there'd be neither boot nor strap. Without God, you wouldn't have any strength to pull, to pull those boots up. You say I'm rich, increased with goods, I have need of nothing. He said, and you don't know. He said, you're looking at all this external stuff. Man looks at outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And I know the real deal. God said, you may fool other people, but you're not fooling me. Because you say I'm rich and everybody think you got it going on because you drive good and look good and wear designer clothes. And, and I, as I often say, you're, you're vogue on the outside. But God said, I know you're vague on the inside. I know you, you look real nice outside, but I know inside you a hot mess. Okay, when my, my granddaughter, was, she's what, 12 now, and, and uh, when, when, when she was a little girl, probably two or three, she was, she was going, she said, you made a mess. It's just a mess. That's what God said, you a mess. You fooling other people, but I know, I know you are a mess. He said, you say I'm rich, increased with good, and you say I have need of nothing, but you don't know that you're wretched and you're miserable and you're poor and you're blind and you're naked. That's internally. That's spiritually. He says, so I counsel thee by goal of me, try to identify that thou mayest be rich. Somebody say, for real, for real. He said, so the real riches is not, real riches is not, is not external stuff. Jesus said, if we have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to us the true riches? So obviously money is not the true riches. He says, he said, I, I, I come to me and I will really make you rich. Because if you're not, because if you can, if you're, if you're physically and financially rich, but you're spiritually bankrupt, you're really poor. He says, and white raiment. You need to be clothed with me, clothed with my righteousness, clothed with my glory, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. appear. Every time I read that, boy, I say, God's a gracious God. God's a merciful God. God say, if you come to me and get this right, folks won't know what a mess you are. The shame of your nakedness won't appear. He said, I don't know, but everybody doesn't have to know, because I'll cover you. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of faults. I don't want to expose you. Come on, get this thing right. Say, but if you don't, if you don't repent and get your heart, 
back towards me and your passion back towards me, what's going on the inside is going to manifest on the outside and folks really going to see you don't really have it going on the way folks think you got it going on. Phew, this is good. Anoint your eyes with salve that thou mayest see. And as many, God says, many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten, be zealous, therefore, and repent. So Jesus wants us, he's telling the church of to see it, repent of being lukewarm. Repent of, of, of leaving your first love. Repent of this spiritual malaise that you're in where I don't care, where I'm saved, but. Yeah, I'm saved, but. Uh, you know, when, when, when people have lost passion, they say stuff like, well, just because I don't go to church don't mean I ain't saved. You don't have to have your, your nose in the Bible every day to be saved. You know, I mean, just because I don't tithe, that, that don't mean I don't love Jesus. You, you start making excuses for low-level living. That's good. And Jesus wants us to be hot and passionate in our love towards him, like, like Pastor Marcy is towards me. Right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Sometimes you make me wonder. Uh, yeah. Okay. You feel the heat? I feel it. Uh, I feel it. Okay. So the first commandment is a commandment about us having passion towards God. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, love the Lord with all your heart, with, with all your soul, and with all thy might. Jesus quotes it in Matthew 22, 36 through 39, when the rich young ruler or, come, or the young man comes to him and say, Lord, what do I have to do to have eternal life? He starts going through the commandments. And then another occasion, somebody said, well, master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. God said, I want you to, I want you to be passionate in your love towards me. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second greatest to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Then we looked at David. We saw how David had a hot, passionate relationship with the Lord. That's why all those psalms that we really use as calls to worship. As, as calls to devotion. As calls to telling us, telling us what a real passion relationship should look like and feel like. David says in Psalm 42, 1 and 2, as the heart or the deer panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Not saying we got church again. Lord, three conference. Lord, gee, we're going to have three, three services in three days. We want six services in, in three days. Mm. Lord, we back again. You know, there, there, were, there were people, there were people, I ain't going to mention any names when, because, you know, we were still having Saturday night service till uh, last Saturday was our last Saturday night service. We're going back to two Sunday morning services now. But somebody, people start saying, uh, we're going to have Saturday night service even though we had the, the conference. That's not saying, when shall I come and appear before you? When can I come back to church again? Why are we only having services twice a week? When y'all gonna start saying that? When you gonna start saying, Pastor, you know, that message was just too short this morning. <laughs> now, you, you was only about an hour and 15 minutes. And I, and I had, I, you didn't quite fill my cup. 
I'm, I, I left here hungry, Pastor. David says, my soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He, he was passionate in his relationship with the Lord. And we said passion for God it requires you to have a passion for his word. You're not going to have passion for God if you don't have passion for his word. God and his word are one. In the beginning was the word, word was with God, the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So first Peter two and two, Peter tells us as newborn babes, we need to desire the sincere milk of the word that she may grow thereby. And as I so often say, the milk of the word of the word is not an organic natural desire like natural milk is for a baby. So you have to cultivate that appetite. You cultivate that appetite. I, we were, I was going through my study of the day and I'm cleaning out stuff and um, I, I'm coming across I'm coming across tapes. Y'all don't know what tapes are. I'm coming across tapes from 25 years ago where I first cut my teeth on the word of faith. I'm coming across tapes from conferences that I went through years ago. Okay. And, um, you know, on one hand, it looks like, man, it's taking up room, taking up space. But another said, no, I, I can't just throw that away. That's the word of God. Okay, so, so you know, my my wife is told we got I got this big, I I got this big TV. Well, the old TV you all know was big had those big things on the back of them. <laughs> but I got one that has a DVD player and a VC, and a VCR VHS player. What what you need that? Because I still got some VHS with the word that changed my life. So I got to hold on to it. Hold on to it. Where you gonna put it at? I found a place in the garage. Okay. But when you desire a the word, come on, the word is important to you. Yes. yes. Amen. And Amen. you value it. You you put high esteem on the word of God. Now 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 you know we love music and we love singing and rejoicing, but can I tell you, you don't even know how to judge what you sing if you don't know the word. The beat can sound real good, and you be saying, and all of a sudden you sing, say, that ain't, that ain't in the word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just sing and rock on it. You sing, sing this verse, you're like, that ain't what the words say. I mean, all, all those sayings that we, we made songs out of and, 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 and sayings that we have, then you come back and realize that ain't in the word. Cleanliness is next to godliness. That sounds real good. It's, it just ain't in the word. <laughs> You take one step in, he'll take two. That sounds real good too. It's just not in the word. God help those that. Yeah, that sounds real good too. It's just not in the word. And all these things, and so when you, the word of God becomes a filter for you. For what you eat and what you spit out. That's good. That's good. You hear what I said? The word has to become a filter. For you, for what you eat and what you spit out. So you have to cultivate that desire for the word if you're going to have a passion towards God. We also said, I think we ended last week saying passion requires a memory. You can't forget what God's done for you. You can't forget how, how good God has been to you. Amen. And I, I know there are people who get tired of hearing my poverty stories. 
People get tired of hearing me talk about when we first got married and started, you know, and, and, and how I had to believe God for my food, literally. Give us this day our daily bread. I know people forget, people get tired of hearing, hearing those stories. And, and, and the reason why I say I know some people get tired of them because somebody one time told me. They got offended and said, I'm tired of hearing all your stories. I let that thing mess me up for a while. It did. I would go to tell that. I would say, you remember that? And I said, no, they're tired of hearing that story. <laughs> and then, but praise God. But then I, I told you all what happened. Somebody had said that to me and messed me up. They, they got offended, left the church and all that, which, which they needed to do. I was walking through the airport and uh, somebody stopped me. He said, Pastor Bailey. I said, yeah. He says, you don't know me, but I know you. He told me I pastor. I, re- I remember because he told me he pastored a Southern Baptist church. But it was a black guy. And not a whole lot of black pastors in Southern Baptist church. So I, that's why it stood out to me. And he told me he pastored predominantly white Southern Baptist Church. But he said to me, he said, I've watched you on television. At that time, I think it was on INSP or, or something. He said, he said, I want to tell you something. Keep telling your stories. He said, your stories have blessed me. Your stories have inspired me. Your, your stories have increased my faith. You can't forget where God brought you from. I know you don't look like it anymore. I thank God you're out the trailer park. Thank God we're out the projects. Amen. Thank, thank, thank God you're no longer driving the car like I did that you had to pray to start and pray to stop. Some of y'all had something you had to pray to start, but not many of y'all had one you had to pray to stop. I had to pray that car start. Then I would come and sit in the driveway. And my neighbors would say, say your, your car's still running? I said, yeah, I know. It'll shut off. That car would sit there going, bloop, bloop, bloop. But for about five, ten minutes. Thank God I got a car to shut off when I tell it to. But I can't I can't forget that. So passing for God requires a memory. And David again recalls what God does for him. Psalms 41 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear to me. He heard me. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. What horrible pit were you in? That you know nobody delivered you but God? Nobody brought you out but God? It wasn't any goodness of your own. Some of you, you were too shamed that you was even in that pit to tell anybody you were in it. But some kind of way God brought you out. He delivered you. He raised you up. He brought you out of the miry clay. He set your feet upon a rock like he did for David. And he established your going. And you don't look like what you've been through. How dare you? Forget what God's done for you. He said, he's put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust the Lord. Uh, Jeremiah, Lamentation 3, 23, 22 and 23. It's of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. Y'all know just about every time I get up here, I said it tonight. Every time I get up and just exalt us in praise, I, I quote this scripture. It's of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. All the more in the midst of this pandemic. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Some of y'all have not decreased at all. Y'all increased in the pandemic. You just don't want the Biden administration to know. They may cut off those checks. Don't tell. Yeah, I'm struggling. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. You got another stimulus. Another round. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
It's hard out here. And you increasing, increasing, increasing. It's of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They're new every morning. Every morning when you get up, it's because God's mercies have been renewed for you another day. Hallelujah. One of our teenagers, uh, you all know recently here, two of our high schools, Dutch Fork High School, where two of my children graduated from, and three of them went to, um, Dutch Fork High School and then recently Keenan High School. Two high school football players died. One of them, I believe, on the field at practice or something, dropped dead, 16, 17 years old. And then, and then uh, another one at Keenan High School. Just died over the weekend. And we're hearing about all these even children and young people who are dying. Some, some, things ran, some things randomly. But every day that you wake up, every day your child wakes up, you need to teach them is God's mercies. And then what, what I got ready to say, one of our teenagers, uh, I was asking her how she was doing because she's in a school with for Dutch Fork where they were you know, recently you know, grieving and, and, and dealing with the loss of this, this kid. I said, how is he? He said, just feels weird at the school. And then a mother said to me that, that on, today, that day when I asked her, that somebody, uh, a woman almost ran into her, her daughter, driving her car. Head on. Head on. And to avoid her, she ended up splitting a tree, but almost hit her. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Let's move on. Passion for God, it will make you seek him. Passion for God, it should make you seek him. And to seek means to go after so you can find out something. To seek out. You seek through meditation. You seek through thinking. You you seek through, it means to inquire. When you lose your passion and desire for something, it's not fun or enjoyable anymore. You just go through the motions. Many of us have lost our passion for God and the things of God. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey encourages us to find the passion we once had for God and the things of God. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for passion for God. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.